0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: So they massacred the Orioles as well they should have. 26 runs and three games played. There was a combined shutout Saturday. Why are we not playing Pitbull and dancing in the streets? Well, one, because Pitbull sucks. Two, because the streets are clogged with other winning teams well ahead of Boston in this race to sneak in the playoffs from the wild card back door. Tampa Bay, Oakland, Cleveland To paraphrase another entertainer of this generation Mr. DJ Khaled All they do is win So, the Sox are crushing it And spinning their wheels Oh, and Chris Sale might need elbow surgery Must everything be so hard? That's what she said This, Michael Scott, is Sox Daily It's your
2: Daily
0: Sox podcast It's your Daily Sox podcast It's where you're gonna find out what
2: the socks are doing It's your Jimmy socks podcast. It's the Jimmy socks podcast. Oh, it's your J socks Podcast. And here's
0: your
3: own
1: sauce movie. Alright, let's pretend no one told you about Chris sale and his barky elbow. Let's begin by enjoying the fact of socks just kicked ball to Moore Square and the Nabs for really the entire weekend. They won all three games. They outscored them 26-8. to eight. Josh Lewin with you. I was also with you back in April of 1996, if you were a Baltimore Orioles fan, when in a single game, they were outscored 26-7. to seven. I was doing the Will Fleming role, if you will, and even if you won't, for the Orioles back then. And the way we did it, when there was a star of the game, to be had. And then we interviewed somebody no matter what, whether it was an Orioles player or the opposition. This game was in Texas. It was in Arlington, Texas in April of 96. I'm just going to start this story and nobody can stop me because it's a podcast. It can just go and go and go. But I would go down three outs before we figured the game was over. It was 10 to seven. At that point, Baltimore was uh, losing. And it's like, all right, let's so all go find uh, Juan Gonzalez or somebody to talk to with the Rangers. I stood in that tunnel for 58 minutes. It was an 8-hit, 8-walk, 16-run inning in the bottom of the eighth to extend it out to 26-7. to seven. That was worse. Uh, Manny Alexander walked three batters with the bases loaded. Remember him, the little middle infielder, and then he gave up a grand slam to Kevin Elster. So I have seen the Orioles lose worse than 26-8 to eight over a weekend. I've seen them lose 26-7 to seven in one night. Anyway... Let's go back to what happened this weekend. Didn't mean to go off on a complete tangent there. There was good stuff. On Friday, Andrew Benintendi was the catalyst, a 9-1 to win. He went 3-4, for four, a couple of extra base hits, and that was three straight wins at that point for the Red Sox and uh, certainly continued a torrid stretch for Benny. 394 batting average, 19 extra base hits in 24 games at that point. Really nice U-turn of a season for Andrew. He's never lost confidence, and the results are starting to show up now. Mookie scored two more runs in that game, one of which was on his 21st home run of the season. He's on pace for 145 runs. That would make him one of two Red Sox ever to get to even 140. It would be Mookie and Ted Williams, which is a a heck of a list. Rick Porcello was strong, and boy, they're going to need that down the stretch, especially if there's bad news on sale. Porcello getting a milestone, getting to 2,000 career innings pitched. We've talked about that on the podcast, something he's very proud of. He's one of just 12 active pitchers. To get to that, David Price, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, a bunch of guys like that. 17 wins in the last 18 for the Red Sox when they get a quality start. Turns out that's kind of important, right? Red Sox going to 34-11 and overall this year when they get just six innings and three runs allowed. That's all it takes. After the game, Rick Porcello meeting with the media. Yeah,
2: it uh, rolled out well. Uh, Vasco called a great game. We're on the same page from the get-go, and... Fortunate enough to get some quick outs and, um, you know, get through the sixth, And our guys did a great job of swinging the bats and put up a bunch of runs and resulted in a good win for us. Rick, you got to
0: 2,000 innings in your career. You know, I, obviously you're still in the context of a game and competing, but what does that, what does that mark for you?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely very proud of that. Uh, you know, it's been a tough year, but uh, this is kind of a night where I can look back and say I got – 6,000 outs in the big leagues, and um, not many people that can say they did that. So I'm, I'm very proud of that, and uh, you know, a lot of people have helped me and supported me along the way to be able to get through it to, to 2,000 innings. And uh, you know, I'm just fortunate enough to be able to stay healthy and, and do it. So it's a nice night and a little uh, a side note and personal uh, accomplishment.
0: Do you feel kind of like you're starting to build a little something out over the last.
2: Yeah, you know, the line and the two out last three have been pretty good. But you know, it's been four or five starts where I've felt like myself and uh, felt pretty good throwing the ball. You know, the results aren't always great, and that's that's the part that that you need to have. Um, But as far as what we've been working on and, and what I'm capable of doing, it's it's been coming around nicely. And it's unfortunate it's happened this late in the season, but I feel good, so we'll just keep moving forward.
3: Rick, you were able to keep the ball in the park tonight. What was the key to, you know, maybe avoiding those one or two mistakes that kind of hurt you against
2: the game? Yeah, I think it was a combination of uh, <clears throat> two things. One, we're mixing speeds and, and throwing a lot of off-speed pitches, which helped out the fastball. And two, staying out of the middle of the plate with, with everything. I think, you know, the pitch that Mancini hit was down the middle and maybe one or two others. Other than that, we were, we're on the corners and we're mixing speeds
1: good. So. It was win number 11 for Porcello in what's been a really tough season, 9-1 to the final Friday. And then, yes, and then, uh, Saturday was a 4 nothing win. Great news regarding one left-handed starter, some very troubling news regarding another. We'll get to good news Eddie Rodriguez in a bit, but first the news about Sale. It is a swollen elbow. News delivered at a hastily arranged press conference by Dave Dombrowski, four years almost to the day after his own press conference that had been arranged to introduce him as the team's new GM, replacing Ben Charrington. Both press conferences, very strangely, in the immediate aftermaths of 9-1 wins at home. Back in 2015, it had been against Cleveland, this time against Baltimore. Anyway, uh, you might know Sale signed the five-year $145 million contract extension back in March. Not a lot of bang for that buck yet. 6-11 record this year, 4.4 ERA even though he's got a major league best 13.3 strikeouts per nine innings. But now the elbow concern. and short term, with three scheduled off days this month still to come, and Nate Evaldi back into the rotation, the Sox can work around Sale's absence for a bit. But anytime you hear the words, he's going to see Dr. James Andrews, that should make you throw up in your mouth a little because no one just goes to see James Andrews because he's a nice guy or they want to sell him their boat you go to see James Andrews because somebody has said you might need Tommy John surgery. Now the, the good doctor isn't always the grim reaper. Braves third baseman, Austin Riley just paid the old doctor a visit for a knee injury. Andrews gave him good news. No surgery needed. He'll play again this year, but here's what Dave Dombrowski had to say. Here's what he knew anyway on Saturday. I can
0: relay it because Chris, I think he needs a couple of days to himself at this point. So I don't think he's going to be available today. So, I can tell you how it comes from his perspective and then where I become involved. So Chris said uh, he didn't feel anything Tuesday when he pitched. Uh, Wednesday, he felt some stiffness, a little more than normal. Um, Didn't say anything to anyone. Thursday, the same thing. Felt a little little more stiffness. Didn't go away by Friday. So he came in and told the training staff yesterday. Um, I don't know the exact time he told them, but I didn't find out till. After the game. So uh, they told me after the game last night that he had some stiffness. Um, and at that point, we said, okay, well, let's make sure we um, get this checked out. So he had an MRI performed today. And when he had the MRI performed today, they showed that there was inflammation in the, the left elbow. So he, he didn't say anything to anybody, at least with our club, um, until yesterday because he didn't think much of it at the point. But there's, there's definitely inflammation in there. The MRI showed that. And so um, we're, of course, uh, not taking any chances and putting him on the injured list. So, so a couple of days to himself. Because, just because of this. Well, well, I think for him, he just felt that um, you know, he's, with his elbow, um, he was hopefully he was going to pitch. And when we told him he was going to put him on the injured list, I think he's like, okay, I just need to grab, gather myself a little bit.
1: Well, obviously, cross your fingers hard for Chris Sale. If you have some rosary beads, if you have a lucky dream catcher or whatever you got, use it because the last thing you need right now is dire news about Chris Sale. As for the game Saturday itself, it was about Eduardo Rodriguez, really. Seven and a third innings, four hits against his former team, his career high 14th win. The Sox are 18 and five in his last 24 starts with a TBA because he had the start in the suspended game against Kansas City. Season high, seven and a third innings. In fact, the most innings he's thrown in basically two years. Mookie Betts, two for three. couple doubles in that game. Multiple extra base hits for a second straight game. 60 extra base hits for the year. Fifth consecutive season with that. Mike Trout, the only other guy on that list. Brock Holt, who entered that game with only 23 homers in an eight-year Major League career. Only one this year and 156 at-bats. Maybe in remembrance of Durwood, Pops Penny, uh, his coach who died a week ago at age 78 back in Texas. Brock hit one out, and that was kind of emotional for Brock to help on Saturday. Uh, One other Saturday note, Dustin Pedroia turned 36, and he's still in Arizona, still thinking about what's next. But in a nutshell, you you know the drill here. Uh, Dustin's appeared in nine major league games since the start of 2018, three in 18, six this year. And we're just kind of waiting for, for any kind of good news. Maybe some good news about David Price from Saturday through a bullpen session. So he's maybe another week, week and a half before he's back in the rotation. Sounds like the Sox will need him with this news about Sale. Now to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Nate Evaldi, uh not sharp at all. He spotted the Orioles a 6-0 lead, matter of fact. But then the Orioles completely imploded, starting with their starter, Ty Block, which is actually spelled like somebody vomiting, which is appropriate. It's B-L-A-C-H, like black. And it got worse after he left because their bullpen, as you probably have heard, is is quite terrible. Mitch Moreland came off the bench to go three for three. Let's talk about Mitch for a sec. Uh, he was not a bad signing at two years, 13 million. He's played a very good defensive first base. He's got 29 home runs, close to an 800 OPS as a Red Sox. But he's going to be 34 next month. He's a free agent. And obviously the Steve Pierce resigning did not go well. That was a disaster. They're going to let the 36-year-old Steve Pierce walk away. There is no clear heir to that position within the organization unless you're really in love with Bobby Dalbeck. And you know, maybe he's this year's Michael Chavis. Maybe it will be Michael Chavis next year at first base. But Jose Abreu always gets talked about. The Mets' Dominic Smith could be expendable. Trey Mancini of the Orioles could play there. Just throwing that out there. But really, the story from Sunday once again was across a diamond. It was Rafi Devers. A- another four-hit game. It was a homer and two more doubles to go with a single. Now, Rafi had a bad March. He had a subpar April. He had a poor start to August. But if you take away, say, his first four weeks and take away the two weeks of late July into to August— He has literally been the best hitter in baseball, including Yelich, Trout, and Bellinger. Seriously. The last eight games alone, and this is coming off what everybody thought was the the late season swoon, he's 20 for his last 37, eight doubles, four home runs. That is 12 extra base hits in a little more than a week. And, and, I mean, put it this way. That's half of what a slugger Chris Davis has had for the entire season. He's got 24 extra base hits. Davis just did that in eight days. Devers is leading the majors in extra base hits and doubles. And for all the fans who were upset that the Red Sox didn't keep an age 31 Adrian Beltre around, here is the lefty version of Beltre in Devers. And currently, Devers is 22. Devers Sunday, we mentioned four for five, a couple more runs scored. He's got 103 runs scored, now 101 runs batted in. First player with 100 runs batted in, 100 runs scored in a season before his 23rd birthday since Miguel Cabrera in 2005 that's a future hall of famer and the only other red Sox player to do that was ted williams so just to kind of clue you in on the company that devers is keeping and i always talk about this you know the guy had no home runs three runs batted in basically 30 games into the season and now he's leading the league in a ton of stuff sam travis gets a shout out he had a home run on sunday he's got four homers eight runs batted in his last nine games Overall, since he came up just after the All Star break, this guy's hitting 300. He's got four doubles, six home runs, 13 runs batted in. He's got an OPS of a Xander Bogarts like 955. Maybe it's finally Sam's time. Speaking of Bogarts, two for five for him on Sunday, seven runs batted in in his last six games, and 94 runs batted in for the season now. He's nine away from the career high that he got a year ago. JD Martinez, three for five in this game. He's hitting 398 in the last four weeks with an OPS of 1223 that would be leading the majors if he'd been able to do that all season at least he's done it for around four weeks now and then he's doing it while managing a bad back since the all-star break you're, you're looking at of the top 15 OPSs in the majors the Red Sox having five of them Devers Bogarts Martinez Benintendi and Betts everybody but Martinez has a contract for next year, and J.D., of course, can opt to stay and make the Red Sox 5-for-5 on that list. We should mention the bullpen was money again on Sunday, and it had to be with Evaldi washing out. Marcus Walden ended up with the win, and what a nice year he's having. 30-year-old rookie we're talking about here, no complaints. Josh Taylor has been rock solid. Ever since he gave up a lead at Yankee Stadium August 3, it's eight straight scoreless innings. Uh, Glaber Torres homered against him once, but that's really the only thing I can remember this month that's gone wrong. For a guy that began in the Philly system in 2014, you look at his resume across all levels, his career best is, I mean, until this year anyway, was five runs allowed per nine innings. He's at 3.4 this year. And two runs allowed over the last 18 innings overall for the bullpen. This is a crowded overstretched bullpen, I get that, but suddenly they've actually got the second best ERA of any AL bullpen since the All-Star break, which seems impossible, what with the 23 blown saves, but them's the facts. Alex Cora, I thought it was interesting, Saturday basically admitted that the bullpen by committee thing to start the year was indeed a poor idea. Lining up Matt Barnes to pitch essentially only against the toughest guys in batting orders at kind of eventually caused him to hit a wall, blow a fuse, or whatever you want to say, 9.69 ERA in June. He blew out, and Brazier blew out, too. But now it seems that things are leveling out, even without a traditional closer. It's Workman in the ninth these days, and that's been working very well. So Sunday, they were down 6 nothing. They win 13-6, first time since 07 where the Red Sox won by at least six after trailing by at least six. You got to go back to a game against Tampa Bay where they were down eight to one and won 16 to 10. Let's hear from Alex Cora after a very, very busy, exhausting weekend at Fenway. How
3: did you feel at six nothing? Yeah, now we were talking about it. I mean, we have one, we feel we have the best offense in baseball. So early on, we were chasing pitches. And uh, then we scored two. Um, Sam puts a good swing on it and puts it you know back in the game. At that point, you, you still have to, you know, we have to still manage the game aggressively, but knowing that there's an off day and, and and Tuesday, we have no idea right now what we're gonna do. But uh, the ga- the guys kept doing their job out of the bullpen, <clears throat> and then we start putting good up bats in that beginning. You know, Christian hits that double, good base running play, and then Mitch puts the ball in play. We got lucky there, and so on and so on. So um, at that point, we're like, you know, we, we get close. we got to be aggressive, you know. we we got to uh, preserve the win, and, and we went for it. Alex, I know you're short on starters, but would you be tempted to leave Kaschner in the pen just given how effective he's been out there? Um, we'll talk about it. In the next 24 hours, but you know, he like we talk about it. The the, the stuff plays a little bit better. Velocity, you saw it. Um, yeah, you know, he, he he defends his position. He's able to spin the ball for strikes, and he's able to expand with the fastball. and um, And it seems like he's in a good place right now.
1: Alex, in your mind, how, how much did it change things when you started what you, you said was managing aggressively in those Cleveland games? How, do you think the guys responded differently since then?
3: Um, You've got to ask them, but I think uh, the quality of the bats and, and the way we, we've been, we, we pitch better. You know, t- obviously, today wasn't great in the beginning, but we've we done a good job as a group, uh, especially the bullpen. <clears throat> They've been outstanding for the last uh, six or seven days.
2: Just what were your thoughts on uh, Valdi today?
3: Just location-wise, he was off. Um, you know, velocity was good. Um, he hung a breaking ball, 3-2 to uh, Nunez. You know, the walks, that, that doesn't happen. So, um, you know, just one of those that he wasn't as, you know, effective or throwing pitches in the zone like he usually does. Is that surprising after kind of how dominant he was in the bullpen the last I mean, I mean it, to be honest, you know, it's not easy to do that. Uh, like we we push him hard in Cleveland, and then hey, go ahead, kid. You start on Sunday, so um, you'll know, have a few days to to organize anything, and he'll he'll be back in, in where is it? So, San Diego. So uh, he, he'll be okay. I think at this point he's just unavailable.
2: We'll
3: come. During the week? No, we're not going to him. No, 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 we're not going to that one. Yeah. Right. Oh, Unless suggest- we need him, <laughs> it's for. Uh... Devers 22 years old to get, have his first 100 RBI season now, and it's it's amazing. And uh, um, it's, 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 we go back to April, you know, like people were talking about him going to Triple A and try to find it down there. But his on base percentage was way up there, and he wasn't striking out. So we saw a few things that we liked, and, and he wasn't hitting the ball in the air. And when he found it, he just took off, and uh, it just quality of bat after quality of bat and, and Even the ground ball. He was a productive productive out, you know, we met second and third those two runs were huge You know, uh, we don't put the ball in play there We we don't get back in the game and he does that and Sander puts the ball in play, too We got two runs and, and put us in a good spot, but you know He's he's a joy to watch uh, Alex we know that you're a fan of the game you watch the game when you see Devers in the same sentence with guys like Ted Williams and, and Miguel Cabrera, can you put that in some kind of perspective for us? <laughs> no, not really. I'm just. Uh, I told you guys we we saw it in seventeen uh, in in the middle of the the series. You know, we're trying to rattle him and scream at him and make fun of him, and he was actually making fun of us. You know, and he was laughing and smiling and enjoying the game, and then he hit that rocket. Of Giles, uh, the inside of the Parker he hit the home run of Liriano in 17. I was like, this kid is going to be something special. It started in Seattle when he hit the home run straight center. We were watching from afar and we were in awe. And then um, obviously the one against the Yankees, everybody knows about that one, the Chapman one. But um, and then what he did last year, you know, he he got hurt. He goes to Triple A. Um, we were platooning him at one point and. He didn't put his head down. It was the other way around. I do feel that, you know, September last year taught him a lesson, kind of like don't take anything for granted, keep working, keep getting better. And that's what he did. You know, he did it throughout the playoffs. He did it in the an offseason. And he's been outstanding as far as, like, his program throughout the, the season. Working out, watching video.
1: Um,
3: it's, he's been very disciplined.
1: All right, there's the skipper, and he's now in charge of a team that has won five straight as Baltimore drops to 39-85 and 85, and is somehow not the worst team in the majors. That honor goes to Detroit, which laid down Sunday, let the Rays rally on them, in Tampa St. Pete, which is why the Sox are still six and a half out with now six weeks to go. Although, that's a, a nice bite-sized morsel to consider, and not it? Gain one game per week for all six weeks, you have forced a one-game playoff. Maybe even a, a two-game playoff with three teams to well, probably have Porcello or Kashner start those games and earn you the the chance to go play Houston or the Yankees if you somehow survive. I know, this is not shaping up as a World Series season. I totally hear you. I totally get it. But just to be in the conversation for a playoff spot, to get past 90 wins this year with all the nonsense this season's been about, that would actually be a nice catapult into a 2020 season that I really think is going to be a lot less uneven than 2019. I don't know how it could, could possibly not be. Anyway, off day Monday, then a two game series with the Philadelphia Gabe Kaplers starting on Tuesday. Socks are in a stretch where they have 13 now against the Orioles, Phillies, Padres, Rockies, and Angels. And the Phillies are the best of that bunch, the most intimidating with a win percentage of 525. 64 and 60, a game and a half out in their wild card pursuit. And the Philly fans don't want to hear the excuses, although there are many. Their bullpen has been decimated. They've got only two relievers still active from their opening day roster. They've used 14 outfielders. They've lost Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, Aaron Nola's only got 10 wins. Uh, a couple of their starters have been demoted to the bullpen. Their highest-paid starter, Jake Arrieta, is going to need surgery. And Bryce Harper's not exactly Bryce Harpering For the uh, $330 million that he got... The fans expected a little more than a 250-ish batting average and an OPS that's basically the same as Whit Merrifield. And in fact, of qualifying players, Bryce Harper is number 50 out of 50 in OPS right now, if you just look at the top 50. Uh, there are 115 Major League players with enough plate appearances to qualify for leaderboard. So being 50th out of 115, that's mid-pack. Uh, just, you know, I'm not a Bryce Harper hater. I kind of feel for Bryce Harper. I mean, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, what, 11 years ago now? And it's easy to forget how young he still is. He is younger than Chris Bryant, than Christian Yelich, than Noah Syndergaard, just to, to name a few. So Harper's in, uh, Philly's in, two on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday is the resumption of that suspended game with KC. And the Red Sox are doing something cool. They want to offer the most boisterous backdrop they can for what could be an 11-minute afternoon here. Uh, it's free admission for kids. No charge for those 18 and under for the restart. And all the other fans can get in for 5 bucks. And the proceeds from those tickets go into the Jimmy Fund. Of course, it's a big Jimmy Fund telethon week coming up this week here. It's a 105 start or restart from the suspended game. If you had tickets from that suspended game August 7th, show your ticket stub. You get your original seat. And, I guess that's all you pretty much need to know about that, that the game resumes with Josh Taylor facing Mabris Valoria with a two-and-one count. Lineups and batting orders have to be the same with pitchers and players already seeing action. They're ineligible to return, but it's a funky situation here. I mean, the Royals designated Billy Hamilton for assignment. He batted 9th August 7th. He's due to hit third in this resumption game on Thursday. It's been a little more than 50 years Since a suspended Red Sox game wasn't just made up the following day. Last time was in 1968, and it ended very well. Hawk Harrelson put it on the board. Yes, he did with a walk-off Grand Slam. I'm just putting that out there. All right. I think you've heard from enough people. We gave you some Porcello. We gave you some Dombrowski. We gave you some Cora. Gave you some me. And now you get a break, uh, because we will not be back until that Philly series is underway. We'll tell you what you need to know about how that's shaping up and get you ready for the road trip as well, which, uh, again, will start in beautiful San Diego, California, which, of course, is a German word. Web nah, I'm not doing it. It's too easy. Everybody's seen the movie a hundred times. I'm Brick Tamland. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.